Hey there, friends and foes. This is Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica. And on this episode, we are going to take a deep dive into the true untold history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we are going to do that right after this. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean. Elvis Presley, yeah, he's still the king. Some things are only imitatable. You can't be that original. Welcome back to Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica. You can call me Johnny. And Avengers comic books, Star Wars movies, and Saturday morning cartoons made me who I am today. And we are going to talk about the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And some of you may be wondering, well, Johnny, what does that have to do with cereal boxes? Well... That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. See, I am of an age where we did not have smartphones or tablets at the breakfast table on Saturday morning in between cartoons, kaiju, comic books, and kung fu movies. We were reading the back of the cereal box, and that was our newspaper. That was our world. And in this case, the MCU as we know it today, actually has its origins on Saturday morning television, but not where you think it starts. Let's define the MCU. Most of you listening think the MCU means Marvel Cinematic Universe, but to old guys like me, It actually originally stood for Marvel Comics Universe. And we are talking about the comics universe that began in 1961 when Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, and many others started the Marvel brand with the launch of Fantastic Four number one. That's what a lot of people consider the original OG MCU. But Johnny, what if I don't read comics? What if I'm just into the movies and the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, lo and behold, the origin of the Marvel Cinematic Universe dates back all the way to 1966. What? But Johnny... The MCU started in 2008 with Iron Man, directed by Jon Favreau, starring Robert Downey Jr., Terrence Howard, and Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Wrong. Oh, do you mean the 1996 animated crossover with Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, and the X-Men on Fox? No. Oh, 
You must be talking about the 1988 to 1990 series of movies with the Incredible Hulk made for TV. No. Oh, you must mean Spider-Man and his amazing friends from the 1980s. No. The origin, the foundation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe starts in 1966, but we're going to touch on each of these eras and discuss how it built towards what we now know as the modern MCU. Buckle in, this is going to be a bumpy ride. The year is 1966. Marvel Comics is only five years old, but Stan Lee already knew that to be successful, he was going to have to get his characters on TV. And that meant cartoons. And there was a show in 1966 called Marvel Superheroes. Now, it was basically a, a kind of a, an anthology of shorter solo cartoons, but it starred Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, the Incredible Hulk, and Namor the Submariner. And they had their own separate adventures, but two episodes with the Hulk and Captain America also featured the Avengers. Now, this came out in 1966. I'm not old enough to remember it on television. I've seen the episodes on YouTube and other sources since then. It was very much a, a very crude style of animation where they used the actual frames from the comic books that Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko drew and animated those panels in what would be known as a motion comic today. I was first exposed to these cartoons when I was a kid using the Fisher-Price movie viewer. I can't believe they still make this, but the Fisher-Price movie viewer had these cartridges with film reels in them, and you inserted the car cartridges into the handheld viewer, you put it up to your eye, and you turned the crank. And it would show the movie. And there were full episodes of those Marvel superheroes cartoons on this movie viewer. And I used to watch the Namor cartoon over and over until I broke it. And the one that I really watched and loved was the Mickey, Goofy, and Donald Lonesome Ghosts. And I used to watch that and roll it back and watch it in reverse. There was no sound. It was just the visuals. But that's where I saw the first Marvel Cinematic Universe cartoons, the Marvel Superheroes show from 1966. And then it goes on from there. Now, I don't want to bore you, but I'm going to go through a quick history of the Marvel Animated Universe with Fantastic Four in 1967, produced by Hanna-Barbera. Then also in 1967 and 1970 was the classic Spider-Man series produced by Filmation. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Yes, that one. 
And then again in 1978, the Fantastic Four for Saturday mornings. And this is the Hanna-Barbera Fantastic Four that featured Herbie, the robot, in place of the Human Torch. And then in 1979, Fred and Barty meet the Thing. 1979 to 1980 was Spider-Woman. And Spider-Woman was the first time we actually had some characters crossing over. We had a crossover with Spider-Man and Werewolf by Night. Some other characters coming from the Marvel Universe into Spider-Woman. But it wouldn't be until 1981 Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, which was actually a continuation of the previous season of the show just titled Spider-Man. If you group them all together, the show lasted for four seasons, but Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends was for three seasons. And in the first season, Seven Little Superheroes was the first time we actually saw original MCU crossover characters in a larger format. Seven Little Superheroes is a story where Spider-Man, Firestar, and Iceman are invited to a private party on an island. And also as guests there are Captain America, Doctor Strange, Namor the Submariner, and Shanna the She-Devil. And... This was the first true, in my opinion, the first true MCU being planted. Now, later on in the final and third season, the X-Men would appear in the X-Men Adventure. And they were also in the second season, A Firestar is Born. That show would introduce us to the Black Knight, to Thor... And to the Incredible Hulk, which would become a soft pilot for the Incredible Hulk's own Saturday morning series. And in my opinion, the the MCU started in 1981 with Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And by the way, Spider-Man and his amazing friends is considered by most to be in the top 10 or top 5 best Saturday morning cartoons ever made. And for me, it is my sentimental favorite. It is one of those Saturday morning cartoons, along with Super Friends and a handful of others, that made me get out of bed on Saturday morning. But if you ask me what my number one favorite animated series is going to be Saturday morning series it's going to be Spider-Man and his amazing friends it did things that no other show before it had ever done and it holds up remarkably well today not only was it a great animated series but it was the first true massive commercial success for Marvel Animation Studios Yes, they had done Spider-Woman and the first season of Spider-Man, but Spider-Man and his amazing friends catapulted Marvel Studios, Marvel Animation, into the limelight. And they went on to produce the Transformers, G.I. Joe, and several other 
animated cartoon series in the 1980s. And then after Spider-Man and his amazing friends, we had the spin-off series, The Incredible Hulk, from 82 to 83. And then a decades-long dark period for Marvel animation on TV. But fear not, true believer, because the other MCU was on the way. Marvel had struggled to get their characters into film and TV in any kind of substantial way. In the late 70s, early 80s, Stan Lee had negotiated several movies made for TV and a couple of series. They did Captain America starring Reb Brown, two made-for-TV movies. They did a Spider-Man live-action series starring Nicholas Hammond, which I think only lasted one season. But their big breakout hit was in 1977 with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno and The Incredible Hulk. This TV show was so well-written, so well-acted, and the empathy and the pathos for the Jekyll and Hyde-type nature of David Banner and the Hulk creature was real. And you had, for the first time, non-comic book fans, non-animation fans, tuning in every week to CBS to see the story of this tragic character. Well, the show lasted for four seasons. And then again, we went through a dark period, but Bill Bixby was determined to bring the character back. And Stan Lee was determined to create a unified MCU on screen. It was really his dream. And so Bill Bixby really drove this when Marvel Comics was sold to New Line Media. And New Line Media, through the direction of Bill Bixby, created a series of three made-for-TV movies, starting with The Incredible Hulk Returns in 1988. And The Incredible Hulk Returns starred another Marvel character in The Mighty Thor. And it was a huge hit. I loved it. I was over the moon that we got Thor in live action and the Hulk together. It It was every fanboy's wet dream because even though they had had the successful TV property, well, somewhat successful TV properties with Captain America and Spider-Man, and there was also a Doctor Strange movie and uh, a Nick Fury movie, none of them ever met. And it wasn't a unified universe. So for the first time on TV and live action, we were seeing other characters from the Marvel Universe join the Hulk. And it was glorious. We loved it. And by the way, for those of you listening who have never seen it, there was no CGI. The The Hulk was Lou Ferrigno, Mr. Olympia, one of the most famous bodybuilders after Arnold Schwarzenegger who's ever lived, painted green. And you know what? We loved it. And then... Following that was The Trial of the Incredible Hulk in 1989, 
which introduced viewers to Daredevil. What? Thor? Daredevil? The Hulk? Could we be seeing the Avengers coming to fruition? And then in 1990, Marvel Studios was sold out from New Line Cinema, but they they continued on. Bill Bixby led the charge, and they they did the death of the Incredible Hulk, and that introduced us to a character named Yasmin who was remarkably similar to the Black Widow. However, the original plans were to turn her into the She-Hulk, but it wouldn't happen for several more years. But that series of movies really is the first time we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe on live action screens Ever. And then after 1990, nothing until. All right, true believers, and this is where most sources are going to say that the MCU actually started. But as I've just proven to you, it started much sooner and decades sooner. Because after The Incredible Hulk, after the death of The Incredible Hulk, the next Marvel project we would see on TV was 1992 X-Men The Animated Series. And this would kick off a true golden age for Marvel animation in cooperation with Toy Biz. X-Men The Animated Series followed a few years later with Fantastic Four The Animated Series because the X-Men was so successful. Also that same year, 1994, we got Iron Man and Spider-Man, the animated series, which went on for four seasons. And in 1996, The Incredible Hulk, the second animated series, followed by The Silver Surfer in 1998. And that only lasted one season. It was way ahead of its time. And that was really the golden age of Marvel animation and Toy Biz was putting out toys to support these cartoons and vice versa. You would have just about every character from the X-Men that you can imagine. If you had told me when I was a kid that I would get a cannonball figure or a big guy figure or that they would make a figure of Morph and Omega Red, I would have said you were crazy. But we got those and more. Just about every character that appeared in the X-Men comic and cartoon animated series in the 90s appeared in toy form from Toy Biz. Fantastic Four was the same way. We got, you know, the appearances of Doctor Doom and the Psycho Man and Annihilus and we got the toys to go along with them. And on Iron Man, we had Hawkeye and Force Works, you know, the Julia... Uh, the, the Julia Carpenter, Spider-Woman, and Century, and Wonder Man, and we got all of that. And in between these, we also got another great animated series that we're going to talk about in just a moment. But Spider-Man the Animated Series, we got all of these great ancillary characters, including Daredevil, and the other Spider-Woman, and there was this magical moment 
1996 when the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, the X-Men, and Spider-Man all met in one story. Their separate animated series all collided in one coherent story. And for a lot of people, they will say that that was the foundation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Of course, I've shown you that it happened long before then. But this was in modern, contemporary pop culture time. For Gen Z and Millennials, this would be the first time that the MCU would coalesce in one property on television. That animated universe would be continued through 2005 with Spider-Man Unlimited running from 1999 to 2005. But really, besides Spider-Man Unlimited, the only hopes of a big Marvel Cinematic Universe were kept alive through various animation projects. Avengers, United They Stand, X-Men Evolution, which, by the way, I still maintain is the superior X-Men animated series. I loved X-Men Evolution. Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, World's Greatest Heroes, Wolverine and the X-Men, and in 2008, we had Spectacular Spider-Man, Iron Man, Armored Adventures, and those two shows were fueled by the huge success of the Iron Man movie. And in 2010 to 2012, we got Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, which is, my opinion, the best team animated series ever made. It surpasses anything else, and it was just outstanding. And we've had spotted animated series since then, but 2008 really saw the launch of the contemporary MCU with the release of Iron Man, and that continues today with Marvel Phase 5 kicking off even as I'm recording this now. Woo, that's a lot. When I was preparing this episode, I didn't really think it was going to take this long to go through these eras of the establishment of the MCU. But thanks for sticking with me. And if there's something I missed, let me know. That's going to do it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, connect with us at backofthecerealbox.fun. You can leave us a voice message. We'll play it on air. You can leave us an email if you want to go old school. And you can become a contributor at Buy Me a Coffee or Patreon right there at backofthecerealbox.fun. And of course, if you love this episode, share it. Tell two, three hundred of your closest friends and family to come share the fun. And until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the back of the cereal box.